Keith Baldry, Baldry's Beat, Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Morning, Keith. Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you. Now, let me just before we start here, let me just uh, remind the listeners here this very important programming note. November 28th is the CKNW Kids Fund Pledge Day, and we will be raising money all day long on CKNW, bringing you inspiring stories from BC Kids supported by your donations. Plus, this year, the Jazz Joe Hall Show will be broadcasting live 3 to 7 p.m. at the Ballroom at the Hotel Vancouver. And you can make a difference by making a pledge online or in person. Details at cknwkidsfund.com. The CKNW Kids Fund Pledge Day is November 28th, which, Keith, is one week from tomorrow, next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So always an awesome event. Big, always a big day. Yeah, and it's always, it's always great. It, it's really a lot of fun. So looking forward to that next week. Okay, let's start with, well, there's a ton going on here, but let's let's start first with the Surrey police uh, fight here, the never-ending saga, yes. because now you've got Brenda Locke here this morning, the Surrey mayor. Boy, she's saying, like, this ain't over here. Now, the, the province last week announced that they were taking over the Surrey police board or firing the board, putting in suspending a... Suspending the board. Suspending the board and putting in an, an, a temporary, like, administrator in there. And... Brenda Locke is saying, this ain't over. We're taking you to court again here on this. Let's have a listen to the Surrey mayor here speaking a short time ago. If the NDP new police service puts forward a budget that Surrey residents can't afford, the city will not approve it. If they try to force Surrey to pay for an unaffordable police transition, we will use every measure at our disposal to stop them. Oh, yeah, so it sounds like she's amending the judicial review that was already in place to challenge the constitutionality of the appointment of Mike Sears, the administrator, instead of the police board. But uh, time isn't on her side. So it's gonna, it takes a long time for a court challenge to work its way through the courts. Yeah. So that's not going to be heard anytime soon. In the meantime, Mike Sears has until November, November 30th. This is the guy who now runs the police board, yeah, right? former chief of Abbotsford Police. Yeah. He's now the de facto police board. He's the administrator. He will present a budget yes. for the Surrey Police Service by November 30th, just a couple weeks away. Yeah, um, that will go to council. Council may approve it, may reject it. Well, she just said they're not going to they're not going to approve it, or not going to enforce well, it, or implement it. She says if she had an if attached, but yeah, yeah. probably uh, reject it. But then it goes under the rules. It comes back to the the director of police services, who makes the final call not Surrey Council. So the Director of Police Services reports to, guess who? Mike Farnworth. Mm. So the, the, the budget's going to be there, uh, and it's going to be in place to allow Surrey Police Service to continue to hire and to, have, and to spend money because it's going to have a budget for the first time. Uh, and um, Even if the city doesn't implement right. it. Yep. Mm. Oh. And, the, and this is why. So it could take months for Brenna Locke's court challenge to play out in the courts, yeah. but in the space of those m- months, if it takes, you know, it could take eight months, a year, who knows? I mean, we know how long our courts take. Uh, in the meantime, Surrey Police Service will be far more advanced in place than it is right now. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, you know, it's, it's another legal challenge, but I, and I just talked to Farnworth, by the way, just in passing. Ooh. He's not concerned about this. He knew, they knew they were, they got word that this was going to happen, and... Um, from a legal point of view, they don't seem to be worried. But the fight goes on. Okay, this, getting me- offer goes on. this is getting messy, though, really messy now. I mean, if you've got the oh, mayor saying, we're mess- not going to implement budgets, we're not going to go It's been on. messy for years. But, yeah. but again, Surrey Council will have no control over Surrey Police Service. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not about garbage pickup yeah. and sewage. This is police 
It's a budget only for police, and that budget will go ahead. Okay, Brenda Locke, the Surrey mayor here, seems to be sort of digging in here, though, and just sort of determined to fight the province here tooth and nail on it. Well, it's also, she's neatly turned this into, you see how she's calling it NDP. The NDP police service. Yes. Uh, last <laughs> week she said, fine, it's your police police service now. It's oh. your, your police force. So I think she's setting up for the next election. If there's any tax increase. And there will be. And there will be, because yes. every, every municipality is increasing taxes. But yeah. they will be framed. <laughs> from her point of view, as an NDP police tax increase. Right. And that's, I think, her political... That's something that works in her favor. You know, um, if she's fighting a losing battle here, but if she can if she can pin a tax hike yeah. on the provincial government because of this police uh, transition, that could work for her. Yeah, and this really gets down to the bottom line about money, right? Because the province had put that $150 million on the table and said, we'll give you $150 million over five years to help pay for this because we realize it is going to be more expensive to go to this new police service, so we'll help you pay for it. But Brenda Locke keeps saying it's going to cost more than $150 million. So taxpayers are in Surrey are going to get walloped here with the well, tax hike. We, we don't know. Do you believe everything Brenda Locke says? Well, do you, do you don't? You don't think it's going I, to be I've more than $150 seen, I've been million? for months, where's the math? Yeah. Where show us the work? Where's the line item? Line item by line item. They well, no one's presented that. I don't. Well, has I, I the mean, province presented their work to show yeah, that it's 150 one, million? One, 150 million we got was based on certain, not a detailed line item, but yeah. I mean the province has to show some some work here as well. And hopefully, we're going to see that in Mike Sears' budget. That's going to be the first time we see mm. a budget, yeah, line by line item that will hopefully show exactly how much this is going to Well, cost. that would be very helpful because this is really, for most people, helpful. yeah. Because the, for, both sides are throwing numbers around for right. years. Yeah. And neither side's showing a lot of detail on how those numbers are arrived at. Yeah. You know, um, and different councillors have different tax increase projections. But again, without showing the work. Yeah, there's been a lot of big numbers thrown around. Like I heard one city councillor over there talk about $700 million. Yeah. You know. I think it was a 17%. Um, tax increase at one point. From right, someone. right. They're talking double-digit tax hikes to pay for this new police department. So now, quite apart from police, as we all know, municipalities are feeling the squeeze on all sorts of cost pressures, which is why we're seeing large uh, tax increases from a yeah. number of them. There are some double-digit uh, tax increases in some municipalities. Your frequent guest, Brad West, is an exception to that in Port Coquitlam. They've kept the tax down very low yeah. um, by uh, not not embracing a lot of expenditures. But, um, yeah, so Surrey's taxes are going up. There's no question. And Locke will frame, and I don't blame her at all, yeah. <laughs> frame a tax increase as an NDP police tax increase. Oh, this gets really political now. That's I mean, it's sure. been political from the start, but that's how she wants to frame this. Yeah. You're going to get walloped with a huge tax hike in Surrey, but don't look at me. It's it's Mike Farnworth's fault. It's David yep. Eby's fault. That's, They're forcing us to do gonna this. That's going to be yeah. the argument uh, from Locke, and I yeah. think that's something she should probably run with. Right. Okay, following that one closely. The NDP convention was on the weekend here. What did you take away from that? Provincial. Yeah, it was the first gathering of that party in in person in four years. Mm-hmm. So people are almost giddy. I went to it uh, here at the convention center. Um, being able to meet for the first time in four years was a pretty positive experience, I'd say. It was about 700 people, I, you know, for... A, it was a very energetic and confident gathering, and who can blame them considering they're flying high in the poles, they have an opposition that's completely splintered. Yeah. In fact, it was interesting. The opposition, not, none of the opposition parties even showed up at the convention to rebut David Eby's speech, which oh. is usually what happens in every convention I've covered. 
the other the other guys show up, send an observer or a caucus member to critique the leader's speech. Right. And no one showed up. Really? No one from BC United was there? Or to BC say Conservative or the oh. BC Greens, which oh. is like an, a, another sign of just NDP. It's almost like they got the room to themselves right now. Yeah. Uh, there's just not a lot of um, organized, effective opposition. Did you... And that was reflective in, in EB's speech. Mm. Very confident, laid back, no worries here. Um it was, it was quite interesting. Did you detect any appetite among delegates there to call an early election in the spring to take advantage of this divided opposition? Oh, there was certainly talk about that. Oh, yeah? People were talking about that. Not, I wouldn't say pushing for that, yeah. but certainly talking about the possibility. <laughs> I uh, bet. I uh, bet. Yeah, because uh, the stage is set. Also, um, the Premier's wife, Carrie Lynch, disclosed that she was pregnant oh. in, her, in her introductory speech to the Premier. Which oh. and she's um, expecting in June. Oh, isn't that happy? So news? That we all love to fact put all sorts of factors into election timing. Mm. So put that into the factor equation. <laughs> so what <laughs> impact would that have on a, on election timing? What is your analysis? I don't of that? know. I mean, <laughs> you know, the premier's wife's gonna, the premier's about to, uh, wife wants to give birth in June. Does that mean you have a May election? You know? Maybe get the election over with early. Yeah, I don't know. Or do you actually wait till fall? Okay. So, uh, I, I, He's given no indication he's going to go early, but it's got to be pretty tempting. Let me play a clip here for you. Speaking of one of the hot files for government here in the housing density plan, right? Now, we've talked a lot about how the province is trying to force through this housing density, even if municipalities don't want to do it. We've got this plan to on single-family zone neighborhoods, bring in fourplexes, sixplexes. Some, some mayors don't like it. Listen to Jim Abram here on last week's show, former president of the UBCM, very, very angry that EB is taking away their authority here over housing. Have a listen. It's right in page one in the principles. This is local government mandate, uh, land use planning, public hearings. Mm. Yep. It's a crucial democratic local control, community involvement, process and yeah. they're taking that away yeah so they're taking away provincial authority and let me play real quickly here for you keith ravi kalon the bc housing minister on friday i played him these clips i said look you've got you've upset a bunch of mayors with your power grab here and what do you have to say to them here's what he said the reality we're dealing with is we've got people right now young people uh working full-time jobs living in rvs uh living in encampments because they can't find places to live your thoughts. Yeah, well, it's definitely the biggest ever power grab, if you want to call it that, of yeah. provincial government over municipal powers. There's no no question of that. But you heard Kalon's comments there. I think the government's making a calculation here. At the end of the day, there's more support because there's so many people in a bad situation when it comes to housing. Uh, more support for reaching over the heads of councillors uh, to establish more housing because... There's an obvious dire need for more housing. So I think the NDP's betting that the voters and tenants are greater in number than the councillors and mayors mm. who are going to oppose this. Okay. Interesting. All right. Let's like see. Not everybody goes. How many people go to public hearings? There's you know, very few. There's some committed people who, who go to them, but the vast majority of people do not go to public hearings. I guess and the only time you care. I guess the only time most people care about a public hearing is if it directly impacts your neighborhood, neighborhood, right? Like, and even then, we've you know, personal experience. We've had developments, and I'm in Fairfield. There's lots of interesting developments. It gets still relatively few people show up yeah. at a hearing. Let's go right to your phone calls here, Barbara in Surrey. Hi, Barbara. Go ahead. Hi, Mike. Yeah, Mike. Are you there? Yes. Oh, good. Oh, I love you and Keith. Anyway, 
I I really believe that that Mike Farmer took my Democratic right away from me. I live in Surrey. I voted on Brenda Slate, and and I went out and voted. What was the purpose of me voting if um you know uh, Mike Farmer took it away from me? Yeah, thank you. It'll be interesting in a provincial election. There's probably two or three ridings. If maybe this is an issue, I mean. Uh, some of the writings are very strong NDP writings that aren't going to change. Some of them are strong BC United writings that aren't going to change. But there's a couple in the middle, you know, um, two or three. Uh, it'll be interesting whether this swings voters. Um, Does not, she I'm have a sure point? The caller has a good point because Brenda Locke did campaign in the last municipal election to keep the RCMP in Surrey, and she won. Mm-hmm. She won a majority. That was one of the arguments all along. Do you, does the, should the provincial government override the uh, view of an elected council. Sure, you know? right. And that, that's that been at the heart of the debate ever since. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. I think that is, is a great point. Thank well, you. It's interesting. The government's doing that when it comes to zoning. Yeah. Well, this government's doing Ooh. this on a number of fronts. Yes. Where, and municipalities exist at the at the whim and pleasure of the provincial government. That's the const, that's in the Constitution. That's how municipalities are created. So the government, provincial government does have authority over municipalities doesn't exercise it like we've seen the NDP do it. Yeah. So both reaching over the heads of elected councillors when it comes to zoning decisions. Yes. And densification and housing. And, and policing. And, and now policing and yeah. yeah. Mike and Vernon. Hi, Mike. Go ahead. Good morning, guys. Hi. Good morning, guys. Um, Hi. So the, the whole situation in Surrey, what I see going on there now is turning into just political gamesmanship and back and forth between the provincial government to what I consider to be pretty dysfunctional mayors and who's caught in the middle, the taxpayer once again. So we've had the taxpayer have to pay for McCallum's legal bills after my foot got run over, didn't get run over, escapade, Um, you know, on and on it goes. Someone should total up what all of this foolishness is costing the taxpayers separate from what just transitioning to the police is. And and I think we're going to find some pretty substantial number. And what these politicians have to realize, I've got to get through their heads, is that this is people's lives and money that they're playing with. It's not a game. And they seem to be playing it as a game. And, and you know, I, 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 my family was in Surrey for 125-plus years. I'm so glad I'm out of there. It's okay. Just, just a mess. Thank you, Mike. 30 seconds. Well, some of the people, the people got in the middle of this are members of the Surrey RSCMP. Because of the uncertainty, I understand, it's led to sort of the the paralysis of some of the human resource uh, processes that take place in the RCMP when it comes to transfers yeah. and other th- benefits and such. This has all been held in abeyance as they wait the final outcome of this. So those are the people who are literally caught in the middle here. Okay, and th- this thing, once you go to court, I mean, who knows how long this could be tied up in yeah. court. The, the next thing we're going to get is Mike Sears' budget. The administrator. We're yes. going to get that by November 30th. Okay. And that will give us, for the first time, a clear indication of how much this thing's going to cost and potentially the tax implications. That will be key. Key, thanks a lot.